Five minutes past the hour, first Friday of the month, so we get to catch up with Sam Jensen out there in DeWitt, our extension radio show. Happy New Year, Sam. Yeah, Happy New Year to you too, Gary. How were the holidays for you? They were wonderful. How about for you? Real good, thank you. Appreciate that. Hey, let's get started with 4-H. Tell us about this winter plunge camp. Yeah, uh, winter plunge camp is something we hold every year at at the Grace Camp here in DeWitt. It's going to be January 26th and uh, January 27th. Um, basically, uh, it's for kids fourth through sixth grade, and um, and it's going to start right after school, so like at 4 o'clock on the 26th, and then um, and then pick up in the afternoon of the 27th. Uh, registration is $50, and like I said, it's for kids fourth through sixth grade. It's an overnight camp, um, and they're going to participate in winter activities, you know, with it being called Winter Plunge Camp. Uh, this year... Uh, the theme is Ice Age, and so we're going to be talking uh, about some stuff kind of surrounding the movie. The movie's kind of the theme, um, and uh, just kind of, you know, participating in, in some sort of winter activities, uh, depending on the weather, of course. Um, you know, if there's if there's snow on the ground, we can do a lot more than if there's no snow on the ground. Well, January 26th and 27th, pretty good chance we might have snow on the ground by then, Sam. Fingers crossed. Yes. Now, it's winter plunge. They're not going to take a, a plunge into the pond no, out there, no, are they? No, no, no. It's just kind of just kind of plunging into winter. Okay. Uh, that, that's how we're looking at it. Not, okay. <laughs> no, nobody's jumping into a lake. Okay, that's good to hear. Let's move on to the Ag and Natural Resources segment of the program. Private pesticide training. Tell us about that. Yep. Uh, private pesticide is going to be uh, next week, uh, January 9th, 9.30. And then again at 1.30, um, you only have to take one of them, but uh, call our office to sign up. It's 563-659-5125. Let us know if you want to take, if you want to take part in the 9.31 or the 1.30. Um, also, if, if you missed the January 9th sessions, um, there are two sessions on February 1st, 1.30 and 6.30. They're at the DeWitt Community Center, um, right across from the library, kind of, uh, you know, in the main square of, of DeWitt. Um, and, uh, now what is yeah, the purpose it, of it, the, pri- what is the purpose of no, the private ahead. pesticide training, Sam? So private pesticide training is required for anybody who's going to be putting down pesticides and herbicides on their fields, um, or on, you know, their neighbor's fields this, uh, this coming spring and summer. Um, basically it's, it's really to, it's, it's required by, um, Iowa agriculture, uh, uh, idols to make sure that when people are putting these chemicals down, that they're doing it in a safe manner. So, you know, if um, if the wind is too high, people are going to know, okay, you know, the wind is blowing 20 miles an hour. I can't put my dicamba down on my soybeans uh, yet. I'll have to wait until the wind dies down. They'll tell them, you know, how high or, or low to put their um, applicator uh, it, it really is basically just kind of a, a, a step-by-step uh, information on on how to safely put the chemicals into your crops so that they don't spread to your neighbor's fields. Uh, so you're not putting too much in, and there's some runoff. Um, really, it's it's uh, the the idols way of making sure that we can be as um, as environmentally friendly as possible when we're farming. Okay. Now, is there registration required for this, Sam? Yep. Yep. It's um, uh, call us at uh, 659-5125. 
Um, it is, I, I want to say it's, it's $30 this year. Okay. Um, and then if you have to get a new certificate, then it's $15 um, that, that uh, you'll be sending on to the state office, not us. Um, and uh, we accept cash, check, or credit card. All right. You've got news on Master Gardener training as well on today's program. Yep, yep. So uh, as mentioned, um, back in December, um, we're not going to be have Master Gardener training this winter. Uh, it just doesn't line up for our staff to take care of it this year. Um, if someone is interested in becoming a Master Gardener, though, and they want to take it this winter, they can contact the Jackson County Extension Office, 563 652 Four nine two three. Okay, coming up now will be Crop Advantage. It'll be January 19th. Phil is in on this. Yeah, um, so uh, Crop Advantage is a very handy thing if, uh, if you're a farmer. 84% of attendees responded to follow-up surveys saying that information from Crop Advantage could save them between 5 and $20 an acre. And when you're farming 1,000 acres, that adds up. Yeah, I would think so, yeah. So what does this session all involve? Yeah, um, so kind of the in the main session in the morning, uh, Chad Hart, our extension crop uh, marketing specialist, is going to be covering, um, you know, what can we expect for crops in 2024. Um, there's going to be a crop uh, outlook for 2024, a weather outlook. I mean, um, keeping crops healthy for maximum profit, reducing one reducing loss, one cover crop at a time, using drones for weed management. Um, the uh, farm profit outlook and management and evaluating and renovating pastures and hay fields, which is uh, something we had a lot of questions on this past um, this past summer. So I'm glad to see that that's included in the in, in the lessons. Okay, again, that's coming up on January 19th, but uh, January 13th is an important day to remember, isn't it? Uh, yeah, if you want to pay only seventy five dollars. Uh, let us know before January 13th that you're going to be attending, um, and uh, and we can sign you up. If you are coming after the 13th or the 13th and onward, it's $100 to sign up. Um, also, if uh, if you missed on the the um, pesticide training on the 9th, they will be doing a pesticide training in the afternoon there too. All right. That's going to be another separate cost. Okay, again, visit with Sam Jensen out at DeWitt. Now, you've got two hoard questions for us today, Sam. Yes. Uh, so first question is, um, I received potted forced spring bulbs as a gift for Christmas. How do I take care of them? Well, tulips, daffodils, hyacinths, and other spring bulbs are frequently available from florists and garden centers in the winter. When purchasing these potted forced spring bulbs, select those that have fully developed buds but have not yet opened. This will ensure the longest bloom time at home. So you're going to want to keep the forced bulbs in indirect light. Temperatures should be relatively cool, so 60 to 65 degrees. So don't put them right underneath the light bulb. Um, rotate the plants frequently to prevent flower stalks from bending towards the window. Uh, water containers when the soil surface is dry to the touch. So when you put down, uh, when you put your finger in the soil and, and nothing really comes back and it just, you know, it feels a little bit like the desert, um, that's when you're going to want to water it. Um, and then you're going to want to water it until the water begins to flow out the bottom of the pot. So you're going to want to have a, a plate or a bowl or something underneath the pot uh, so water doesn't go everywhere. Um, then uh, uh, you can water it in the sink. That's also another option. Um, 
and uh, you don't want to let the, the container sit in water for long periods of time. Uh, tulips, hyacinths, and other spring flowering bulbs are uh, usually discarded after forcing, so they're not going to bloom again when planted outdoors, and attempts to force them again are usually unsuccessful. Daffodils, however, are an exception. Many forced daffodils cultivars perform well when planted outdoors, so you can start them indoors, and then they'll come back again in the outdoors. And our second question, second question. yeah, what should I do with my poinsettia after the holidays? Yeah, um, so... Uh, <clears throat> If good care is taken in the home, poinsettias can remain attractive for two to three months. You're going to want to just toss the poinsettia when you get tired of it or it becomes unattractive. Some tips to make sure that the poinsettia will bloom again. In March to late May, for those home gardeners who enjoy a challenge, it is possible to get the poinsettia to bloom again next season. Cut the stems back to within four to six inches of the soil in March. Poinsettia will also be repotted at this time. So when new growth appears, place the poinsettia in a sunny window. Continue to water the plant when the soil surface becomes dry to the touch. Fertilize every two weeks with a diluted fertilizer solution. From late May to mid-September, uh, you're going to want to move the poinsettia outdoors. Um, that way it hardens or acclimates to the uh, outdoors. Um, you can do this by placing it in a shady area, protected, um, protect the area for two to three days, and then gradually expose it to longer and longer periods of direct sun. So don't just go out and put it on your deck. Uh, poinsettia should be properly hardened in seven to 10 days if doing this. Um, once hardened, dig a hole in the area that receives six to eight hours of sunlight and set the pot into the ground. To obtain a compact, bushy plant, pinch or cut off the shoot tips once or twice from June to um, August. And you're gonna wanna continue to water and fertilize the plant outdoors. And then, Mid-September to December, uh, you're going to want to bring the plant back in in September. Place the plant in a bright, sunny window. Poinsettia uh, is a very short-day plant. Short-day plants grow vegetatively during the long days of summer and produce flowers when days become shorter in the fall. So to get the poinsettia to flower for Christmas, the plant must receive complete darkness from 5 p.m. to 8 a.m. daily from early October until the bracts develop good color usually in early December. Uh, protect the plant from light by placing it in a closet or by covering it with a box. During the remainder of the day, the poinsettia should sit in a sunny window um, or in an area that receives a lot of uh, house light. All right, let's wrap up today's program with our final segment, uh, Spend Smart, Eat Smart. Yeah, um, so this one's a little bit different. We're not going to talk about food. We're going to talk about being active in the wintertime. Um, I grew up in Michigan on the coast of Lake Michigan, because of this, uh, my winters were a little bit different than Iowa winters. It didn't get nearly as cold. We got a lot of snow, so that was a lot of fun, a lot of snow days. Um, and when I moved out here, uh, it was a bit of a shock to me that temperatures are, are negative and kids are still going to school. Um, <laughs> that really shocked me. If it was negative temperatures in Michigan, you're not going anywhere. Um, so uh, one thing that stuck to me uh, since relocating to the colder state is there's no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. Uh, now that I have two kids at home, it's important to keep my family as active as I can during the winter to burn off the energy while increasing mine. Each December, I make a list of activities uh, that my family can enjoy easily as winter approaches. Here are a few ideas to stay active when the temperature starts dropping. Number one. Put on a short Spend Smart, Eat Smart video to do at home. 
We love to do the stretching videos to add movement into our day. Number two, have a dance party or create an obstacle course. Um, now that's going to depend on the age of your kids, of course. Uh, but when it's too cold and windy to get outside, turn on some music and start dancing or create an easy obstacle course uh, around your home using chairs for tunnels and sheets and pillows um, as stepping stones and other random household objects or toys to safely hop over or hop under. Uh, just get creative with it. It's a, it's just so much fun to build the obstacle course. It's not as much fun to put it away, though. Um, <laughs> number three, bundle up. Follow the guidelines from Iowa State University to stay safe outside during the winter. Even if you only make it outside for 15 minutes to play or go for a short walk, your mood will be elevated after this because you're getting some fresh air. And number four, of course, visit some local gyms, indoor swimming pools, and play spaces. Um, as much as I don't like the colder temperatures, I'm excited to have a list of activities that my family and I can do both inside and outside to burn off all that energy this winter. All right. Always great catching up with you, Sam. We'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks on Friday, January 19th. Till then... Stay warm. Get some good clothing on, yeah. okay? <laughs> All right. Thanks you too. So well. All right, take care.